0: You are listening to Mountain Bike Radio.
1: Hi and welcome to another episode of Just Riding Along, brought to you by Pro Gold, Bunny Open Dropouts and Pro Gold again. Uh tonight's episode we're gonna talk about cars. <laughs> <laughs> uh actually we were just having like a, a candid discussion about what Kenny does when he has a rental car. Um That we won't continue talking about now that we're live on the air. He makes
0: trips that he wouldn't want to put miles on his daily driver in. No, my lawyer has said that it's best that I don't discuss it.
1: Yeah, especially when you go to... Never mind. (laughs) Um, Tonight's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about 12-hour races. Okay. Um, Since you... Participated in a 12-hour race over the weekend.
0: We did. Um, I won't be too long on just like results and stuff, but then we can talk about just things related to 12-hour racing. So here in Memphis, we had the 12 hours of Stanky Creek, and it's an event that's been going on for a long time now. And last year was kind of miserable as far as weather goes. They called it halfway through. It was just cold, and rainy, and pretty miserable all around. So this year was kind of the same deal. The weather forecast was looking really bad, but we decided to. Uh, to sign up anyway and we did a three-man team so the goal was to be on the on the bike uh for you know a little under four hours a piece somewhere in that ballpark um so that's like a happy place to be for me
1: so it's like a couple laps
0: at a time no the, the way that did, did we it? did it we did one 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 so we had three people and we always did one lap so hand handed off to the next person one lap next person one lap so each lap is just a time trial, basically. So it's a standard cross-country course, roughly 10 miles, roughly 45 minutes in length. And it was a lot of fun. So the weather held out, and it was awesome. And uh, the team did really, really well. We ended up winning it. Um, and it was it was a lot of fun. So no mechanicals, no crashing. And, uh, yeah, so a lot of fun. But as far as 12-hour racing goes in general, it was kind of interesting. Andrea and I were discussing different strategies, especially for probably not-so-common stuff like team racing and what the best strategy is. Um, so, like I said, this time we went with the one-one-one um strategy, so one lap apiece, and you just get quite a long break, so you're definitely cooled down, but you can really pretty much time trial every single lap. Like, you can go just as hard as, hard as, you, as you possibly can, can yeah. Okay. And that's kind of nice. It's nice to, like, mentally know you're doing this one lap, and that's it. So, like, no matter how hard it hurts, how bad it hurts, you just you go hard and finish the lap, and then you can sit down for an hour and a half. Were
1: you pretty consistent lap-to-lap uh, lap for your lap times, or did you get slower across the day?
0: I definitely got slower, and I guess that's a good and bad thing. It's good because it means that I put everything out there, and it's bad. I went a little too hard in the beginning. I'm the kind of person that needs a lot of warm-up, and, you know, going out full bore. Like, I went out at 190 heart rate for the first five minutes, and that's really just kind of a stupid thing. But we had a really good position because I went second, and I didn't want to give up that position. Um, it, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal if I did. It's a very relaxed race. People are very nice about passing, and there's so much time to do it.
1: It's tw- you had 12
0: hours. Exactly. But <laughs> like, either way, I was feeling good, and I, you know, my teammate Jeff had put down a smoking fast lap time, and like, I wanted to like at least do something close to that, you know, not not to like let the team down. But it ended up working out okay. I ended up basically dropping a minute per lap, roughly. So not a horrible amount of time, yeah, but definitely bad. I was a little slower. And the last lap's at night. So it's going to be a little slower anyway, and you're, like, really fatigued. Uh, but my lap times were, like, 45, 45, 46, 47, and then a 49, I think. So, I mean, relatively consistent. Oh, that's not bad. So everything was good. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of interesting. At another race uh, that I did with Jeff on a two-man team for a six-hour race, we did we decided to go with the two-lap strategy. So yeah. run two laps apiece, get in the groove, get warmed up, do your thing, and you're out there for a lot longer. So instead of, like, our theory was, instead of warming up, cooling off, warming up, cooling off, you can, like, really get in the groove yeah, and, and, yeah. and make things happen and make a lot of passing and do all that stuff. And we tried that. That and
1: was also, was that six hours of? That was herb? six hours of City. Oh, Spotsy. That's when we okay. did that, yeah. So, yeah, those are longer laps. I was going to say, if that was her and those laps were, were a little shorter. They were anyway. a little bit longer. I want to say laps out there are,
0: what, 50 50 minutes, 55 minutes. They're yeah. under an hour. I yeah. Think. Either way, that didn't work out great. Like we still won that race and that was just, it happened to be that there just weren't any other really fast people there. But strategy wise, I don't think for us, at least for me, and Jeff was the exact same way, which is really weird. <laughs> we both, we did a great one, two lap. Consistent, fast. It was great. And then I think we took such a long break.
1: Yeah. Between yeah, that,
0: yeah. my, and we, what we decided to do was do two two and then one, 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 however many other laps we could squeeze in. So we did two okay. only for our first set, and right. then we switched to one. And when we switched that to that seems one... Like it would be a good trend, it was for a not. race. Our one after that yeah. was... Both of ours were so slow. Wow. Um, so I don't know if that was just happen chance or what the deal was, but it was okay. it was bad. I'm just, I'm just thinking about how bad of a day that was for me. <laughs> I went over and did that race, and... Um, I'm quite the opposite of Kenny. Um I'm like the hell with this. Let's get bucked and see what happens and ride this wave and if we ride the wave all the way to the finish some awesome shit might happen. I don't know, yeah, I guess that's so how I race. Matt thinks he can win a six hour race in the first corner. Like, <laughs> no. He's like, I'm gonna like no roost this thing and I'm <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> gap in. <laughs> They're going to gas these pros so hard that they're yes. just going to give up. They're oh, going to get off their bike. Hey,
1: guys, we have a caller. All right, Holy we'll take that. So it's a 503 number. Why I don't do know it? what that is. I don't even know how to answer this. Just push answer. Live. Are Hello, you caller,
0: you're on the air.
1: My anus is being torn at the seams by the gigantic monster masturbating in my asshole. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's <Yeah>. a... Yep. <laughs> What?
0: I wanted to talk about that I do I have so many unanswered questions Cynthia, you can't heckle our show because we don't care so I have so many questions how did that get there what have you been eating um, recently?
1: He was probably doing a six-hour race and went out too hard on the first lap. I guess so. That I is
0: not what I. I don't go out. <laughs> so let me let me let me verify this. I don't think I can win a six-hour race in the first lap. I don't think I can win a six-hour race in the first half lap. Definitely not in the first corner. But I do know that being stuck behind some fatty who, like, hammered it in his big ring and then is already blowing up in the first quarter lap can really get in my head and mess with me Yeah. because I don't want to deal with any of that. I want to go just fast enough. And I'm still learning that just fast enough. I want to go just fast enough to be the slowest person near me, which is a weird way to describe it. I want to fall You want to be on the tail end of the fast pack, is what you're saying. Exactly. I want to be the slowest fast person. I don't want to be the fastest person in the second group with people behind me thinking, oh, I want to get around this guy and stretch it out and, you know, go ahead and feel him out this early. I don't want any of that. I just want to, like, roll off into the sunset with the fast dudes and then, like, gracefully, hopefully, gracefully fall A out. little bit back. Yeah, fall yeah, out. The yeah, yeah, that's, of
1: that group. that's and, understandable.
0: And, and that doesn't always work out well for me. Sometimes I think about just going, I, like, keep going bananas too long. I, like, go ham and then, like, things go bad, and I end up, like, dying a whole lot, Um but Spot City 6-hour, um, Jeff's first lap was his fastest lap of the day, so, and Jeff rode with me that lap, and he was riding a full suspension bike on a team, and I was riding rigid by myself,
1: so. Were I mean you single speed, or just No, crazy? I had geared. Okay. Well, you know, that's. that's
0: and, like, and you that ran the good. same lap time as Jeff.
1: Jeff and the same, Jeff ran the same
0: A better way to put it is Jeff in the same lifetime as me. Okay, how did how that work out for you? Everything was going <laughs> really, really, really well yeah. until I flatted and couldn't plate it. I got you because I just couldn't. I didn't yeah, have we, all. The, I had I, I, I had all the right parts in the park. I didn't have all the right parts in my pocket. So that was extremely frustrating. More frustrating was I later found out, and this is a little a good little tidbit for everyone out there, just because you have a CO2 inflator head does not mean it works with your 40-gram big-air cartridge. You yeah, really so. need to watch that. That's, I found out when I got home and went to disassemble my stuff that it's not that I, like, I thought I had a dud cartridge that I'd used and I realized what I had was a cartridge that my inflator head wouldn't pierce. Yeah, because it wouldn't uh, thread on far enough. The genuine innovation stuff, which I think is what you're talking about. Yeah, they have like a metal-based one that's real like It's small and it's round. And then they have the plastic one that's got like three, three little feet that come off it. Those will not work on the 40 grand big air. So yep. if you have that little plastic one oh, that's like triangular that's good, at the base, that's a really good tip to give. It people. will not thread on there, and it's like a horrible oversight on genuine innovation. Well, no, it's, not an, or- it's not an oversight at all. The three pronged is the OG inflator head? I mean, that... That came that, out
2: before... Our, that
0: came out way before the 40-gram cartridge existed. Okay, well... So what you find is And they still not, sell
1: them, but they don't ever sell that with a 40-gram cartridge.
0: Well, right, but, you know, I should It's been. very easy to mix it up. I mean, I know that, like, at my house, I'm, I don't even use CO2s, and somehow I have, like, a collection of them. I've got, like, four different kinds of heads over there and, like, different size cartridges and all kinds of stuff, and sure enough, I tried it, and... Does not fit. Yeah. That ruined my air. race. I mean,
1: yeah.
0: like you were having a great day. I was having not. I wasn't having a great day. I was having an awesome day, and I was going to do six or seven laps, probably. I mean, I was like trucking, and I knew that six laps was going to come easy, and I was going to be really happy with that. And it didn't happen, and it was a. It was pretty disappointing because I had had a really big weekend. The weekend before, I done really well at a road bike race, and then I was gonna like do two huge weekends back to back. I was pumped, like I was riding that wave still, and yeah, I'm just, I'm still sad about that. I'm not gonna lie, like I'm gonna do the Spa City Six Hour next year. It happens, man. I mean, racing like even if, obviously, this is one thing that if you're listening, that you can make sure this does not happen to you, this specific situation. But there's always gonna be some whack ball. Situation like you're gonna to go to use your multi tool and like you're gonna to torque on it, it's gonna like fall into forty pieces or something stupid because it's made by crank brothers and it's rusted through. <laughs> Those actually are the the only product I endorse from crank brothers Their multi tools are, good. are pretty awesome. Yeah, they really rust good. in your pocket, big deal. But well, yeah. they make a They stainless rust, stainless they rust well. so badly that you can't open them anymore. Well, you're and there's a lot of multi tools that, that would probably multi-tool. do that. You just, you yeah, just have to put a little there are lube some that don't do that. You put a though.
1: drop of Pro Gold on it and you're golden.
0: Literally. You yeah. give your, if you give your Crank Brothers multi-tool the proper pro-golden shower...
1: <laughs> we have to trademark that term. Pro-golden shower? Or else Bruce Dickman's going to steal it from
0: us. I saw my Crank Brothers problem by throwing it in the garbage.
1: What yeah, I know you You saw Dickie's thing. Didn't you? Well, actually, did you see the Crank brother, The where someone took like a Crank Brothers like, how to rebuild your pedal? Yeah. And they replaced some of the instructions with remove pedal, or, like, throw Crank Brothers pedals in the trash and install Shimano SPD pedals.
0: No, I didn't see that. That was Vicky.
1: Yeah, like, Vicky made that, and it went, like, viral. Oh, nice. Like, everyone, the, like, all of Facebook posted that. I'm surprised you didn't see it. Um, yeah, so that, that was his, anyway, yeah, so Pro Golden showers on your multi-tool. Alright. Uh-oh, Matt's cussing. What's wrong? I opened a Sprite so I could make a whiskey
0: drink, and then I realized there's open wine.
1: We'll have pour wine and Sprite.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We're having first world alcoholic problems over here.
1: I'll have wine and Sprite. I don't care.
0: Uh, so more on endurance racing.
1: Um, so any like team stuff. Oh yeah, well I was going to go back to the solo thing since you did a really good job of explaining like some different team strategies and what worked for you and what didn't. Yeah. I was going to kind of back matt up and by the way i want
0: to go one more thing on team racing that i found if whatever if you have the opportunity to do a team race at some point you should do one because it's very different and it's a lot of fun and my advice to you would be if you're going to do an endurance race do it either solo or do a three-person team a two-person team is kind of goofy because you never see your riding buddies You, you you tag off and that's it yeah. And then you sit in the pits by yourself. And, yeah, you can socialize with everybody else. But it's way more fun to have three people because you, you you end up sitting with two different people and they're your teammates. And you yeah. BS back and forth yeah. about, like, oh, I wonder if your want totally to come in. And... No, it, anyway, it's just a lot of fun. So I recommend yeah. if you can yeah. do a three-person team or more, that's a lot of fun. And you should do one at some point because you can just go hammer. And it's fun when everyone on our team is going hammer and, like, you have a good day and it all lines up. Like, that's a lot of fun. So, and even if you have a really bad day, at that point, you just break out the beer and you just start drinking as a team. So, highly recommend team racing. It's a lot of fun. So, you're saying about solo stuff, Andrea?
1: Oh, yeah. I was going to kind of, like, give Matt a little backup on his, uh, I mean, you were, like, making fun of him for, like, going out a little too hard um, in the first lap. You know, my strategy has almost always been, I mean, since I started mountain bike racing, it's... Go go the pace that you want to be able to go. Like whatever pace you're going to have to go to win that race, do that. And if it works out for you, then – and that's, a, that's the hard part is figuring that pace out. Because if you just go like – if you totally just go to plaid – um, you know, it's just going to end up bad. Like, if you just blow yourself up, you know, in the first lap of the six hours. Yeah, race, you shouldn't go, like, zone like
0: five you, heart rate in the first Yeah, like, you,
1: you can't necessarily do that, but you can go harder than what you think you might be able to do, and it may or may not work out for you. I mean, if it works out for you, you're going to do really well. If it doesn't work out for you, then you blow up and you try to recover and you make the best of it and that's really <laughs> um yeah you know, that's 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 kind of always been my strategy and it you know about half the time it works out and <laughs> the other half you end up and sometimes it works every and, time no like that was what uh if you look at i think it was Ryan Trebone's race report was it Trebone that was trying to race like stay with Sven Nice. Sven Nice and, and he uh, raced
0: himself off the podium? Yeah. I was like, like I don't race to get third. I race to win, motherfucker.
1: Yeah, like, so Travone said, I race to win. So he stayed with Sven Nice as long as he could, and then blew up and went backwards to the, through the field. And I think he was top ten. But he dropped
0: parachute. He didn't go backwards. He dropped the... A- yeah, it was
1: like anchor. it was like someone put a fifty-pound weight in his pocket. Like, See, that's what
0: happens to me. And I like I'm so scared of that, and I don't know if I'm physiologically different than most people, but I have if I go like one beat per minute too high for a little bit too long, I am just done. Like absolutely more, more intervals. intervals
1: yeah, you got to do more intervals.
0: Probably I do intervals, but. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I've kind of always been that like,
1: like zone that five, way. like zone five intervals with short breaks. I'm great. Like you'll get I, I zone. I do
0: lots of zone five intervals, like lots of them, but I take significant breaks in between. The problem yeah, for me long is if I do, if I'm zone four for the first part of the cross country race, which I should be, and then I hit zone five for like 30 seconds, and then try to come back down to zone four, I just yeah. feel like
1: absolutely okay, so like, crap. I can't, is, I can't do that. The intervals that I did, and I know this is more of like a Coach Drew Red topic, but I think we should talk about it now. Like the intervals that I did to get ready for Breck Epic, like racing at altitude where it's much easier to, like, gas yourself. Mm -hmm. um, What I was doing would be a 14-minute long interval. Started with five minutes of zone four, Mm -hmm. two minutes of zone five, back down to five minutes of zone four and then end with two minutes of zone five. And then taking a 10 or 20 minute break between doing that one more time in the workout. And that really, that makes a huge, doing that and like getting good at that makes a huge difference in being able to like, first off, like gauge your effort, like, you know, getting into zone five without going like too far and being able to come back down to four. And then just being good at coming back down because the better, yeah. the more you do those, the the higher you can get when you go to zone five, like the closer you can get to just totally blowing yourself up and still be able to come back. And I
0: might have to kind of redo my heart rate zones because I'm I'm just now starting to experiment with them because right now my zone five is like I for me to hit zone five, it's basically me not that it's abnormal but it's completely like I'm slobbering like I can't <laughs> I cannot. See? Oh, see, that's the like, thing I can't too. You're using, see anything.
1: you're using heart rate. Yeah. So you have to do, like, zone five power. So when you're when you're using power meter, um, you're pedaling as hard as it takes to get to that zone five heart rate. Like, I can do two minutes of zone five. My heart rate won't get up to my zone five heart rate for the, until I'm a minute in.
0: Okay, so that's probably right. Because I can really only, in my experience, I've only been able to maintain a zone in the middle of a ride. That's been pretty tempo. And then I'm like, all right, I'm going to do, I'm I'm, I'm going to go until I'm going to go to plaid. I'm going to go until I'm going to die, basically. Right. And I've only been able to have a zone five heart rate for one minute to one minute, 30 seconds. I cannot get it longer than that, or I will actually
1: die. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like you are actually, you're putting zone five power out before you get to that heart rate. I guess that makes sense. That's why a power meter is such a good training tool. You know, because you can, you see immediately have what the effort is that you're yep. doing. Heart rate is there's always a lag there. Yeah. Um, if anyone out there wants to talk to the person that called in and said that his anus was bleeding or whatever it was, I think he said he had a gremlin in there or a. They can
0: uh, go to hell because prank calls are stupid.
1: <laughs> his number is five zero three. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Why not? <laughs> He's from Oregon.
0: Because one person being an asshole does not reciprocate us being an asshole. I draw the line right there. The line that's where the line is. If I want to say some dude from Portland is probably an idiot hipster who doesn't have anything better to do. I thought than, it was like, funny. I,
1: it's not He probably he, listens to our show every week and just wanted to make it funny.
0: Then he knows that I've said before that print callers are assholes and I hate it. And
1: he probably wanted to troll you just like we then do fuck all that the guy. time. <laughs>
0: That Matt's game. biggest pet peeve, probably in the entire world, apparently, is prank calling. Because we've gotten into this discussion before. Because I'm sure that, like, when Matt was like 80s, he's like, you know, this is Matt McKelly's McKelly residence. And they're like, is your refrigerator running? And Matt's he's like, like yeah. yeah, it's running. He's like, you should go catch it. And they're calling like, up, and Matt's like, oh! <laughs> You asshole. <laughs>
1: that did not happen at all. If one. anyone else wants to prank call Matt, the number is four six five nine five four one one three.
0: Oh, my God. And if you prank call me, I'm probably going to drink the rest of that bottle of wine and then storm off to bed and, and be really drunk in bed. <laughs> oh, God. All right, so we talked um, about a little bit of
1: adult, how's team how's endurance there?
0: racing, how hard to go out in endurance races.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you can do, and there's nothing wrong with either strategy. I mean, the, the main thing, the main point I wanted to make is know yourself. You know, you, you need to train enough and train hard enough that you know the feeling of, whoa, this is way too much, or you know that, you know, if I do 300 watts for two minutes, I can come back from it and still have a good day, or, you know, what you need to know what, what it feels like to go too far. And, you know, what's just on the edge. And you need to, you know, know, know of what you're capable of. And then you're you're going to have a better chance of doing well in your race. Uh, any mechanical advice? Use Pro Gold for sure during your 12-hour race. If you don't lube
0: your chain with Pro Gold before you race, you may as well just stay home.
1: You could probably, I would say that if you're doing a... a I got a lot
0: of kickback from this, but I put a little bit of chain lube on. When I was like getting my bladder and all kinds of other stuff filled up by the nice people at the halfway market, Solomo 50. And I told you guys, and you guys got like mad at me. You're like, why'd you put chain lube on your bike? That's the stupidest thing I ever heard in my life. And you're wasting your time. You're gonna lose. Well, in a 12 hour format, you're lubing your chain while someone else is racing their face off. And in a mileage event. No, this, well, I mean, the reason I did it is because a I had like the tiny little like eyedropper size. teeny eyedropper bottle size thing. I thought was really cool. Um and the other thing was some nice lady was filling up my camelback for me, so I'm like, Well yeah, you had I might time. as well do something. I flipped my bike over and I like took the ten seconds that it took to do that, but anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean I've I've had my chain lubed in a um during a a hundred mile race before but it was like kind of there were creek crossings or whatever like my chain was good at the start unfortunately
0: I did it like right before that horrible creek crossing
1: with the sand the last one you know I always carry my bike there because you pretty much go through hug deep water and then through like rim deep sand your
0: bike makes the worst noises after that but no matter what you do and
1: that's why it doesn't if you carry your bike above the water and then off like up the bank above that sand well
0: I mean your feet are going to get wet yeah, your, your feet get you wet anyway. Enjoy. You know what you did? Really, you I, made, I
1: made it through there with my feet squeaky clean. You merino wool. You wear know the merino wool Swiftwicks, and you don't have a problem.
0: I'm not kidding. I did a little wheelie drop down into it with enough speed. I unclipped both my feet, and I like <laughs> I,
1: I posted through it. That's crazy.
0: And I didn't get my feet wet. You know I got my feet wet. Yeah, we good socks. <laughs> and my no, I didn't I I did wear nice socks, but I dove into that thing, I pedaled really hard, I went out the other side, I hopped back on my bike, I pedaled really hard again, and that's what it took to like crack the top. So uh get yeah, your feet I, wet,
1: son. I always like that last creek even if I'm even if it's cold outside and I'm like riding by myself, I'll I'll still walk across that one most of the time because it's uh it's so sandy on the exit. And the water is so deep right there that you just your whole bike gets really wet, and then you ride through really deep powdery sand, which is like the worst combination possible for everything on your bike. It's really bad. That's like the. the it's so. It bad. really is like the worst thing you can possibly do for like your brakes and your drivetrain is uh-huh. get soaking wet and then go through like powdery silt sand yeah. that just gets on everything. So yeah, I carry my bike through just <laughs> to preserve everything. It's not it's not a bad idea. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's. if you look on, like, I I know I've seen, like, a Mountain Bike Review, people ask, what's your nutrition strategy and whatever for 12 hours. Eat races? all the
0: things. Put yeah. food into your mouth until it comes back out. Yeah, you really, I don't think on a, especially if you're going to be zone three. Four. Like, probably 75% zone three, maybe a little bit of zone four in, like, a 12-hour race or something super long. Mm-hmm. I'm going Ham. Uh, well, I know you're like zone five, and then you're like zone one, for the next <laughs> five hours. But uh, anyway, I don't really think that you can eat too much. Like whatever you can eat without vomiting, is yeah. probably good.
1: That's generally a good guide. Like eat as much as you can without it slowing you down.
0: Yeah, like for whatever reason, like if I if I am going zone four for a while, I cannot eat solid food. My body, I've learned that my body will not accept solid food. If I'm zone even four, even
1: like goo Chomps or something like that, I can is... do that, but I have to chew, I have like... to
0: chew them for like ten minutes. Okay. So I'm much better off with goose. Yeah. If I'm going, if I'm zone four plus, I just have a goo, it's fine, goes down, I'm good. But even like the gummy bear kind of stuff, so Cliff Shot blocks, goo Chomps, that kind of thing, actual gummy bears,
1: I, I have, I have to chew bears. them for like
0: five minutes before I can swallow them. So I love gummy bears. And then if Thank I, Kenny's not good at swallowing. No, which is a good thing. So, and God forbid I have, like, a cliff Bar or something like that, because then it's just like, oh, my God, I have dry powder in my mouth that I will never <laughs> digest ever. Um, so, that's just me. Um, but, you know, you can, you can still get a ton of calories. That from, goes
1: along with train hard enough that you know yourself, and you should train hard enough that you know what you have to eat. Yeah, and what's really smart, I find a lot of people that race day, they try to buy all, like, this magical stuff.
0: Like race day, oh yeah, I'm gonna try EFS for the first time.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, yeah that's yeah.
0: probably not a great idea. You like whatever I, you've been doing. I do nothing different on race day than I do when I train. I eat the yeah. same stuff, the same flavor stuff, the same frequency.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like if I'm going a little harder, I might meet, eat more often. Like, and it's the difference between having gel every 20 minutes versus gel every 30 minutes. you know it's, it's pretty close to, I'm eating the same stuff, I just may, might eat a little more frequently, um, you know, or something like that. Matt, any advice on eating? You're over there looking at your computer, you look like, you, you're looking at, like, text from last night or something, aren't you? Like,
0: um, uh, I want to watch this video, I got, I got bored, I got just drunk enough to get bored, because Talking about nutrition wasn't interesting. So, oh, okay.
1: but you have the highest metabolism of anyone. Eat all of. the things. That's what I said. Eat. I like all of the Alan Limb stuff.
0: So it's really interesting. I'll put again. Everyone's different, and I'm physiologically obviously very very strange. I cannot eat a big breakfast before a race. If I eat a big breakfast before a race, I will feel sick as shit. I just cannot do it. I have a little breakfast, like I'll eat a muffin or a pop tart or like a small bowl of grits, because we live in the south. I'm serious, grits are awesome.
1: Really so, grits are awesome. Not the like powdered grits that you get in a bag.
0: Well, they're instantly awesome in two minutes. What's not good about that? So anyway, that's all like all I can have. I can have what's probably the equivalent of like a two hundred calorie breakfast. If yeah, I have I mean, more than that, like if I go to all, right. all my friends want to go to Waho and get like the Waho? biggest damn thing, Waffle House. Oh, you, you've never heard of that acronym before? I've never heard it called WAHO. WAHO? Dude, you're, you're making that up. No, I'm not That's making that up. That's like a that New Jersey up.
1: thing, It's isn't not it? a New... They don't have Waffle Houses in New Jersey. Are you serious? I don't think so. What do they have? I don't know. They have nothing. What do you get They have at nuclear two in the waste morning?
0: Um, at
1: 2 in the morning, where do you go for
0: You, bacon? I think you get... Uh, what's the hamburger place? The White really Castle? tiny one. White Castle? Because we don't have those here in the South. But we have crystals, which are disgusting.
2: No, they're, not. they're
0: even more somehow more disgusting than White Castles because they think it's acceptable to put chopped up little tiny minced onions in everything, including the French fries and the Coke. They're it's delicious. nasty.
1: <laughs> yeah, like onion, see.
0: I <laughs> hate onions. Dude, they put them in, they put them in the buns.
1: They're delicious. And it's
0: all in the meat, and it's just horrible.
1: <laughs> if anyone wants to send Kenny onions, his address. <laughs> yeah, you
0: can send it to my work address. Twenty nine fifty, Brother Boulevard. Sweet 103, Bartlett, Tennessee, Our Fair City, 38133. <laughs> you are going to get firebombed is what's going to happen.
1: By onions?
0: Yes. I wish someone that's would like, send onions. I'm
1: glad you said Our Fair City. I described, so I probably well, got, it's
0: that's a, that's a, that's
1: a car talk thing. Yeah, it's a car talk joke. So I described to at least two different potential big sponsors, the mountain bike radio show our just starting a long show being. I was like, have you ever listened to Car Talk on NPR? And they're like, oh yeah. And I'm like, actually, the practice guys, I think, were the only ones that hadn't heard of it. But wow. anyway, uh, the other everyone else who I talked to, um, they're like, yeah, yeah, we, I, I, I've seen that or I've listened to that. And I'm like, it's like that, but we drop f bombs and drink. And they're like, they laugh and they love it. Like they're like, no. Yeah, I talked there. to practice today. Yeah. I talked to a lady of
0: practice for 13 minutes and 26 seconds today. That's really creepy, man. That is creepy. said I talked to them for so long that I she's gonna, gonna hear this to. and she'd be like, "That guy is going to send me some of his hair."
2: <laughs> <laughs> I could send you a bag of hair. I'll be cutting it this
0: week. So uh, let me know. So, practice lady, if you get hair in an envelope, I'm sorry. I will only send you that hair if my bottom bracket sucks because I'm gonna buy one soon. It sucked, you didn't
1: just order one like while you were talking to her? No, I had
0: to go online and do it. My lunch break was over. Oh, okay. I hadn't I did all kinds of things at lunch today. Okay.
1: Right. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah you I said say. NPR and my fair city. Was, well, yeah, our first city. And then you started talking about
0: practice and I said I called practice today and I was gonna I'm a little weirded out by their product so I'm not gonna lie, I really wanna hold one in my hand and play with it first. There I'll tell you why the only issue i have with their bottom bracket i'm going to have the sides wrong and that that's not really important for what we're doing but you press the non-drive side in you hold it with a bottom bracket wrench like a normal cup wrench and then you thread the drive side in yeah so okay. the non-drive side presses in and then the other the, the drive side press the screws in simultaneously tightening Against this frame and expanding. Yeah. They only make one bar bracket for each crank, and I guess you call it like use. So oh, they're So what?
1: Like they make a mountain.
0: They make a mountain GXP. GXP. Okay. They make. No, they make a 73 millimeter GXP. They make a 73 millimeter Shimano. They make a 68 Tram. They make a 68 Shimano. What's the problem? They don't make a press fit 30 version of each and a BB 30 version of each. What you have to do is use a four millimeter or a two millimeter thick sleeve that takes up the difference from press fit to BB 30. So you press the sleeve. You use the sleeve over that, oh, and as you tighten know. it, so you're now tightening that. Like you have to press an entire sleeve into the bottom bracket shell first. Yes. Which one's bigger? Is it PressFit 30, press 30 or BB 30 30? 30 is larger than BB 30. Okay. So, so if you have a a PressFit 30, you have, yes. to, you have to press in what is an aluminum sleeve? No, it's it's Delrin, which is the same shit that they're knocking all on
1: wheels. Yeah, yeah, like the PressFit 30. So you
0: press in a Delrin. And- very thin, probably brittle spacer. Two millimeters thick Delrin. You press that into the frame and then you install the bond bracket as normal. Well, the adapter as normal for the adapter. I think you slide the Delrin piece in with the non-drive side. Like I think it installs as one piece. Interesting. I'd have to see it. That's I'm not happy about that. And it, that it's sounds pretty interesting. interesting. it's like eighty-five, ninety bucks or something like that. Uh, what's so obnoxious about this is that, and it's not. I'm not talking bad on Fraxis, the company trying to solve this problem. And I haven't seen their product. It's probably great. It looks cool. I'm it's just working. mad at the situation. It's like you have to. Have, there's like ninety pieces that are extra to get bearings into your frame. This, like that's not cool. Why can't you just have a threaded, a press fit thirty? To BSA adapter. They make them. Press Fit 30 to BSA. I'm pretty sure they make them. Who makes it? Now they're on quality. There's like two different manufacturers that make them. Are they plastic? They're aluminum. And it basically, it's an aluminum, it looks like a little reducer cone. And on the outside of the small part of that cone is the smaller 24 mil bearing.
2: That's it, not what I
0: want. Well, what's wrong with that? That's, no, no, no. BSA is like English Threaded Standard. Oh. They make that for BB 30. Yeah, they do. Cannondale like uses them. They're made by FSA and some other companies. Right. Why don't they make one of those for press fit 30? Well, just, make, just make one out of.
1: Do you think that it's because most press well a lot of the press fit 30 bottom brackets are carbon?
0: It doesn't matter. You can't use the the you can't use any of them in carbon. So yeah. So
1: that's what I'm saying is, what's the point of making a press fit to BSA adapter if you can't a
0: use it of in aluminum the
1: aluminum ones. ones? Yeah. But there's a bunch of carbon ones you can't Oh, use. there's more carbon
0: ones, for sure. But, it, I mean, that doesn't matter. It's I agree. Still, I'm surprised it doesn't exist. It's still a little hunk of junk piece of aluminum that they have the tooling to make. Well, the reason the other one exists is because Cannondale's had BB-30 forever. Well, I know that. you know... I mean, it's simply flipping a switch and adding two millimeters to your CNC. It's that I simple. I agree. I mean,
1: I... I think, I I think it what,
0: should exist. And I, it's a really simple device. Right. Like, wire. Yeah, I, I agree. Why are they making it more complicated than it needs to be? The thing that I don't like about Praxis is I don't... I feel like I have to use an adapter with an adapter on that setup. Yeah. But unfortunately, I have three options. I can keep dealing with the, the SRAM one that walks out. I've changed it. I put a hard spacer in. So I go back and I, I try to do it without a spacer at all. And it wasn't for adjusting chain line. It's because the tolerance is wrong on the Salsa frame... And if I put the adapters in with my cups threaded in. I know why that adapter doesn't exist. I just thought about it. Is it It's because? It's too wide of a shell. It's too wide of a shell. Press Fit 30 Mountain is 73 millimeter. It's actually wider than 73. I don't remember the exact measurement off the top of my head. That doesn't matter. You could do it. It's too, it's too wide. You could do it. If you're talking about, I mean, maybe you could make the whole, like the external cups it internal to the frame, but then how do you fit. install them? Well, no, it's just, I mean, the same way you do with the plastic ones, they barely. Oh, so how <laughs> wide is that frame? I don't know, it's not 73 then. I mean, it's blah. Someone can get Is it calendar. right at 73? I don't I don't know because they're 73 millimeter mountain frames. That's when you don't run all the spacers on the cups. Are you talking about BB30 or press fit 30, press fit 30. Yes, there are seven, I think there's seventy three mil Press Fit Thirty. I think that's the most common one in the mountain bike. World. But there's seventy-three millimeter English threaded bottom brackets as well. There are, but I think the issue is that okay, so what I'm what I'm envisioning in my head is a Press Fit thirty bottom bracket with the plastic cups, like a true you're using a full Press Fit thirty setup. Right. You press the plastic cups in, the bearings are in there, and then you're gonna slide the thirty mil axle in there, right? If you look at that those bearings sit inside the frame. So to BB30. Yes, but a 73 mil external bearing. If you measure a BSA English threaded bottom bracket, 73. it's 73 external, and then the bearings sit another like 10 mil outside of that on either side. So I think we're getting it confused. I don't think that a quote 73 millimeter press fit 30 shell is actually 73. I think it's wider than that. It's not. Because I put my calipers on my it it. Well, place. then where am I missing? Why is it, are they actually running the bearings narrower? Yeah. On a press it 30 yeah. setup? Than a, yeah. Well, that's stupid. And you're getting a better Q factor and all this shit because your crank is but narrower. But you're not. It's a mountain bike. So it's stupid. <laughs> well,
1: you know, hey, yeah. by the way, Matt Robbins says, me love onions.
0: Oh, that's because Matt Robbins is a sexy man beast and a responsible and reasonable man. And oh. all
1: that ass. And all that ass,
0: Matt Robbins. <laughs> I have, I have Horrible. also
1: achieved the designation of all that ass that Matt Robbins has achieved. There
0: you go. Yep. Also referred to as J Lo. <laughs>
1: so J
0: Lo. No, nervous. this is the thing though. Like, Praxis, I know you're out there. I know you're listening. I know you really care, but I have to now use an adapter with an adapter. the adapter, and I don't like that at all. I'm gonna have to like when I haven't been drinking, and I have bikes in front of me I want to measure some stuff and figure out I know I can tell you what the problem is. I want to figure out why that aluminum press fit insert doesn't exist and I that. can I can tell you why and the lady at practice didn't get it today not because she's a woman she was extremely knowledgeable on everything that we were talking about and everything that I asked her except for this one thing and I didn't want to beat her up too much about it think about when you install press fit 30 or think about a press fit 30 frame naked okay well I'm already angry at this point but go on It's 42 millimeter. I'm throwing wrenches. (laughs) It's not 42, it's 46. I'm throwing wrenches. For some reason, I have this giant, heavy headset press out. And uh, all I want to do is install a bottom bracket, but go on. So here's the deal. You've installed many of the FSA. It's a beautiful product. It's this little sleeve of aluminum. Very, very phallic shaped. And does it it gives me a phallic shaped thing. Okay.
1: It's a it's like a four inch long sleeve of aluminum that's like bb V thirty size. How is that phallic?
0: Some people are I you know are fat and stubby. Personal experience, you know, some people are like a soup can. It's cool. Um so anyway. What I'm where what, does this go but no, really you have um and it's notated it has a line on the drive side. So you don't get the threads backwards. I have done that, by the way. And it sucks, doesn't it? I got excited. I'm like, I'm pressing this thing in this frame. And I just like pressing in the frame and I'm like, oh, it doesn't work. Threads so that, are backwards. Talk is sad. Don't do that. Uh-huh.
1: Couldn't you just, you know, you couldn't do that. Well, you could on a Shimano. On a Shimano, you, a could, Shimano, just do, you could just like thread the bottom bracket backwards. You could, backwards. But, then, but
0: then you'd pedal and the cups would come out. So <laughs> you, <couldn't, laughs> you don't want to do that. Think about this. You start your BB-30 into your shell, right? You, it, and it's really tight, and you get everything nice and square. Yeah, you use Loctite, and it's like pretty much... No, a, no, no, you jump the gun. Okay. You make those first 15 turns of the thing, boom, it falls loose, and you get to advance it all the way to the other side, and then it gets tight again, because BB-30 has two distinct cups. Well, it's got two races, really, that the yeah. bearings sit in, so and the, it's a little bit wider in the middle. It's No, it, the, the cavity is larger. Well, that's the what, I'm, that's that's what That's what I'm saying, saying yes. Yeah. Press fit thirty. It's the same all the way through. Is a smooth. Well, maybe it is. It doesn't maybe have to be. But it is. I guess it is. But so you
2: just keep pressing it
0: in. Who cares? I think that's the reason why is you would have to like drive it home for seventy three millimeters. I guess so. So there must be a reason. Why in the world does that thing not exist now? I'm actually really curious why that doesn't exist. I want you to call FSA tomorrow and find out for me. Does that sound, I don't think FSA has a phone number. They do. They're them. a really weird company. I them they're like them. only OEMs. They have like a guy in a basement. There's a no, lot of really weird... No, they answer
1: the phone because they did for... Maybe a,
0: they will. I'm just bringing up some companies. Some companies have one dude who like lives in a basement and <laughs> sometimes answers phones and that's it. I dealt with a company. I will, they will remain nameless, but they're pretty big and they're French. Uh, <laughs> I called them up and... Does it start they with did, an M? No, it doesn't actually. I'm gonna keep you guessing, but I'm not gonna tell you who it is. So call them up, and they're like, um, then no one answers, and I finally get a voicemail of some other number that I like dug up from the back of like a Cannondale tech manual, and finally found this company's number, another number, and I got a message, and it basically said, "We're not interested in answering the phone. Why don't you send us an email?" So I sent them an email, and then like a couple of days later, they sent me something back to send this part back. And it kind of blows my mind that that is how things go down. But anyway, because some companies have a fantastic service, like SRAM. And then other companies have just absolute piss-poor service. So I've dealt with a couple of companies that make it sound like I don't know anything. But like other companies that are small, like just because the company is smaller, like Industry 9, for example. You call Industry 9, and you get like the same three or four people that answer the phone every single time and they know everything from start to finish cuz that's just how their company works apparently but you call this guy and he knows everything he knows pricing he knows torque specs he knows everything in the world and you call him and and that's awesome yeah just like when you call SRAM they generally know everything about everything and it's actually kind of scary like
1: a, what what would you find
0: We have dead air because of you. Control level 5,000. Okay. I just found a way to circumvent spending money with Praxis and get a product that I know that works and simultaneously get a product that if it doesn't work, some other schmuck will buy it. What? Run the Problem Solvers eccentric bottom bracket. It'll let me adjust my bottom bracket height to the high setting, which I want to do. Yeah. It'll tighten in with Allen wrenches. Which is fine. The problem is you're going to pedal and it's going to go...
2: <laughs>
1: What's
0: going to keep the practice one from doing that? The fact that it's held in by a fucking Delrin ring? I don't know.
1: Oh, burn. I'm talking bad about some Delrin. Practice, right? you can apply aloe to that to yeah, make it I feel better. I'm, I'm sorry. I Did, did Del- Delrin
0: come to your house and no, kick it's your just, dog? It, there's, if you look at a problem solver thing on paper, it looks awesome. Like... You put the cups in there, and then you press the cups into the frame, and then you put your crank in. And the fucking cup keeps walking out, regardless of my spacer issue, because even though I have a 73mm shell, and I'm holding fucking Shimano bottom bracket cups that are designed to work with a 73mm bottom bracket, I have to run a spacer in there, and I have to do all this other shit. I just figured that out. That's because it's made for an E-type front brailleur. I'm not putting an E-type shim in there. So that's my own fault. I just need to get someone to run a run a CNC machine and make but, make a proper. But what I'm saying is like in BSA adapter. Like I do all the like that's supposed to work, okay? My BB30 to BB30 to 24 millimeter spindle GXP for my road bike is supposed to work, and it chirps and creaks and all this stuff. And like the one in my other bike, the bearings are all like it, it's all like weird. And then it just my crank doesn't fucking spin. I have to take my crank out and hammer my bottom bracket cups in before every ride, which is a huge pain in the ass. I mean
1: you actually do that?
0: Yes, I've done that like three times now. You know what? You know what works really, really, really well in my experience is a twenty four millimeter Shimano. Like the Shimano system just works. But I can't run that in the bike that I have. I know. I'm just saying this because it's what's on my mind. I know it like When I see something that works really well, I want to like ask questions like, why don't people do this? And a lot of a lot of people do use it. And that's why I bought the power meter that I bought. Yeah, I, I bought a Shimano XT triple crank because yeah. I can do anything in the world with that thanks to the new narrow wide rings that everyone and their mother is making. I got a Stages power meter left crank arm because it works without cadence magnets and cadence sensors or any extra junk. Oh, I'm going to stop you right there. We're going to take a tangent it's about your power meter, so you can keep talking. Somebody somewhere posted a question asking what you thought about your stage's mountain power meter. Okay. And what it does well and what it doesn't do well. Okay. So you Um, want to talk about that? I will be happy to. So I got all this stuff, and then I lucked up on a bike that uses this stupid press fit 30 bottom bracket, and I can't make the fucking thing work. And, I mean, it sucks. I have all these awesome parts on this frame that should be awesome except for the fact that it uses this stupid bottom bracket and now I'm going to spend by the time it's all done probably $150 on different adapters trying to get something that works. And when I'm using an adapter that uses an adapter I just don't have good confidence in it. And what's so funny is that it ends up being heavier than if they just made it a threaded bottom bracket. And there's not extra welds down there. It's a down tube that hits on a front triangle. So you have a C tube and a down tube. There's no chain stays because it's a full suspension bike. You idiot. It's all there is to it. I yep. hate it.
2: But the frame is lighter. I don't give a shit if the frame is lighter. You know what's
0: not lighter? Is all this shit. You know it's not well, lighter? You have to add You have to, add, add, least, you have to add 100 grams of stuff to make it work. And not only that. It's a cheap aluminum bike. It's not light. It's a salsa. If you're making a tuned carbon or aluminum frame and you want to have the lightest aluminum full suspension 29er on the market because that would make your chubs chubbier, then <laughs> you know you would probably do something different because it isn't the way to go. This is an awful system. If you haven't figured it out yet, we really, at least me and Matt, really don't like PressFit 30. Well,
1: know. and you know, I went through... Five Cannondale Evo frames where the mold was wrong. The mold... And by the way, if any women out there or mechanics working on a... If you haven't gotten London, your refund yet,
0: I'd stop bashing right now.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, any, anyone who... I want to hear about this because it kind of... Well, I mean, they never really said you're the only person having this problem. But apparently the 54-centimeter women's Cannondale Evo... The mold was wrong and the bottom bracket is out of spec and when you press in a press fit 30 bottom bracket one one or both of the bearings will bind up to some degree you know it might be a little bit it might be all the way but it will have some degree of drag when you press it into the frame look, and we went through five of them and
0: look i'm ripped okay i'm six two hundred 150 pounds And I barely fit into this small Target V-neck shirt, okay? (laughs) And this is how stuck that bottom bracket is. Steve Wiley
1: couldn't get out of there. He's a lumberjack.
0: I had the bike sitting on the ground. I was facing the bike, like, reverse cowgirl style. (laughs) With... That's very descriptive. You know, I'm straddling the bike facing the wrong way.
2: So, you get it. It's not everything's
0: sexual. It just happened to be a sexual thing that led us to a good description. And I had my. So, sorry, I kicked you under the table. That wasn't pussy. Uh, so, my left leg was against the down tube. Yeah, it uh, was. About mid shin. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, it, it was. was.
0: And I was using my right, like. And I'm leaning over, holding the seat tube in my hand. Yeah, you were. And I'm wailing on the headset removal tool, And I hit that frame (laughs) as hard as I could without it hurting. I hit it again where it hurt. And then I hit it three times more, probably, each a little harder. And all I ended up with was a really, really sore spot on my leg. So that means whoever put that bottom bracket cup into that frame was the fucking Hulk.
1: No, that was the... Wasn't that the plastic PS-30? That was that nearly made... impossible
0: for us to install. Yeah, like... That's what I'm saying. When we installed it... Yeah. But someone at Cannondale installed that at like 600 Newton meters instead of like 60. It's not that they over-tightened it. They knew it was a problem when they put that cup in. I mean... That's
1: what I'm saying. The factory in Taiwan knew that it was a problem. That's when
0: they what put I'm
1: that saying. It, and that yeah, made, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is your company.
0: I want threaded headsets. Now, I'm serious. <sighs> I think it would be awesome.
1: Get the fuck out.
0: No. Not, I'm not talking about quill stem shit. I'm talking about, look at a bottom bracket. Oh, I God. want the top one to be roughly the size of a 24 mil threaded external bottom bracket that everyone in the world is used to. That's the top. The
1: stack height's going to be too high. And
0: then the bottom, we well, make the frame right. And then the bottom one is going to be a bigger one. Bigger no, if you
1: have a that's why well, that's that why so many that, people are doing integrated headsets. It would be awesome.
0: No, that's the thing. You don't need all that in that area. You're not putting all the power on it. You're not it's not seeing the same load and the same forces.
1: Yeah, and that's why a lot of people would are be doing so that's awesome. why like Niner is doing integrated headsets is so you can have more head tubes available
0: for to, frame bonding.
1: Yeah, for frame bonding.
0: But hold on, let's back up and let's go back to the crank stuff and because someone asked about the stages power meter yes. somewhere. And yeah, I, I yeah, go give, back
1: to the stages power meter. I want
0: to give a, a that's pretty, much more
1: productive.
0: pretty honest uh, review of that. I think it's good. Um, I have a cork on my road bike. I've had that since right before I left outdoors, so I've had that roughly a year. I thought you had a stages on your road bike.
2: No. No, that's
0: a good bike. You tight. only have one stages? Sit tight. I thought you had two of them. No, sit tight and eat your goldfishes. By the oh. way, my goldfish. Are pizza flavored? They're, I mean, they're
1: flavored like cheap frozen awesome. pizza crust. They
0: like, taste like pizza and regret. If you guys awesome. have never had pizza flavored goldfish...
1: They don't taste like pizza. They taste like a cheap frozen pizza crust.
0: They are unbelievably good. And they were taken off the market for a short time because there were a few people that died. <laughs> and they're now... I just found them and I'm really excited. They've been off the market for like three or four years. And now they're back. And they're awesome. All right. So... I've had a cork, and it it, it says it says now with less formaldehyde,
2: so that's a good thing, right? I have
0: a cork power meter on the road. I've had it for roughly a year. I ran a power tap hub for roughly a year before that, so I've ran power for roughly two years, and I know what certain wattages feel like now. Um, So in that regard, what that's important for is I'm not just a dude that bought a stage's power meter and put it on my bike and went out and smashed the pedals. And I'm like, that's 900 watts. Like, I know what it feels like to sit and just pedal the bike at 150 watts and 200 watts, you know, 270 watts or 300, you know, that area. I kind of know what that feels like. I know that 400 starts to hurt. And I know that if I really get bucked and, like, want to, like, throw down that, for like a short period, I'm probably going to hit 900, 600, 500, 500,
1: four, four, 4, 300. Blah. You
0: know, like I kind of know how those things fall. Blah, and... I think the stages does all of those things very well. I think that if you're going to pedal your bike, it's fine. I think that if you want to ride your bike, go out and pedal it, see how hard you're pedaling, I think it's going to be great. I think if you want to... Use it for certain things, though, like very precise cadence measuring, um, or very precise peak wattages, very precise average wattages, and you live somewhere that has a lot of elevation change in a single ride, you're probably going to be disappointed. Um, I would love it if stages, because they have a very, very easy and very friendly um, setup. The other day, I was, when I got my power meter, I was getting some glitches. And I updated the firmware right through my iPhone 5, um, which was really cool. It uses Bluetooth, so it connected right with my phone. It was telling me what my current software status was. Told me that I needed to update it. Pushed a button about
2: five minutes later. I mean, I say that what I did is I was in
0: Breckenridge at the time. I left my phone in the garage with the bike. I went upstairs and did something else. I came downstairs to check on it. It was done. I don't really know how long it took, but... You know, it was under five minutes. I uh, agree. I've set up a few of the stages, and they're like super user friendly, and it makes sense, and like it, it's they're very intuitive. They, right. work, and they they work the way that you think the it, software and stuff should work. And it's so cool. Like the other day, I happened to be stopping by when Richard was picking his up, and like I said something to him like you might want to check it, and then like kind of just out of I guess you'd call it like childish curiosity, I like pulled out my phone, pulled up the app boom, found his power meter, boom, oh, your software is up to date, like, just like that. It's really cool. They need to add in the option for those that are seeking more precise data or more precise data capture, you know, data review, an auxiliary cadence unit because what I found is if you shake the power meter hard enough, it can, the acceler, it uses an accelerometer, just like in an iPhone, in order to get cadence. It knows that the crank is changing orientation, and it turns that into a cadence. And if you shake it hard enough, what it does is it turns that into cadence, and that's not true. So what happens is you're descending at 30 miles an hour, and it tells you that you're pedaling at 200 RPM at 2,000 watts, and neither of those things are true. So I'm about to blow your mind. Hold on. I can't pedal 200 or I can't pedal 200 RPM. I can't pedal 2,000 watts, and my stages power meter has given me the data. If you call bullshit on that, I will happily mail you the Garmin file.
1: Hey, we have a caller. It's actually a local person, so I don't think it's going to be a,
2: a prank call. Well, hopefully, it is. Let's go for it.
1: You're on the air, caller. Is this
2: a prank call? This is not. <laughs> What's your name? I um, I was going to piggyback on some of the things you've been talking about, about the Stages, Power Meter, and then just some of those awesome press fit 30s. Oh, that ass.
1: This
0: is Captain Ass, Matt Robbins. How are you, bud? Yeah. Uh, Hey there. Doing
2: well?
0: Yeah. Hey, so, Robbins, you you have a Stages now?
2: No, I do not. I don't have a Power Meter on the mountain bike. Um, oh, okay. but I thought that was interesting I understood how you were describing it um, as like you know what you're doing on your cork on the road and you know what 175 watts feels like you know what 200 watts feels like 400 watts but how does that really translate into mountain biking um, just I feel like you're never putting out that solid consistent power on the mountain bike and how would you is it, is it easy to translate over I feel like I could estimate what I'm doing on the road but on the mountain bike I don't know if it really could Well, for me, living here
0: in Memphis, you know, it's very popular for me to ride to the trail. Like, for instance, you know about where I live. So I leave the house, ride down to the Wolf River Trail. Then I ride Wolf River, which is fairly flat and fairly wide open. And then hop out on the road. Once you get all the way out to, like, the other end, it's summer. for, For you, like... So, for those that don't know, let's start over. It takes me 15 minutes on the road to ride to the trailhead. It takes me an hour to ride from that trailhead down the trail and then exit the trail, ride down the road, and end up at the next trailhead of a trail system. Um, So, that part is pretty straightforward. The power is pretty consistent through there. Um, Obviously, you're going to get a lot of spikes. Um... And then you do a lap of Stanky, which is like a little bit more technical course, and things are a little bit different. Um, But, you know, as far as equating over, you're going to see more of the, kind of like this happy medium between a crit and like a regular road ride, I think. Like, it's not quite as explosive and neurotic as a crit, but it's still, you're going to look at your normalized power more than you would your average power, at least in my opinion. That's going to make more sense. My question for you is your perceived output. So if you're perceived 90% for an hour on the road versus perceived 90% for an hour on the trail, that's not like overly turn limited, like not overly technical where you're on the brakes all the time, but still a mountain bike course, Can you, is your normalized power almost identical? Well, no, because the problem I run into is this, and this is more of a Strava problem than a power problem. I found out last weekend that I don't go much slower on the trail on my cross bike. Like, so, for instance, Wolf River Trail. You should be able to blast the crap out of it, right? Okay. I never ride that trail to my full potential because I'm afraid of running into someone. Okay. So, I found out that I really don't go that much slower on the cross bike on the trail than I do on the full suspension bike on the trail. In the terms of, like... So, what does that have to do with power? I'm not riding hard on the trail. I'm not riding... Hard. I'm well, talking sure. about if you can have a closed course where you're not worried about things. Well, I don't have if you're that. You're in a cross country race situation. Surely you've looked at one of your cross country race profiles. That's and, what I'm saying. It's more like you're Your you're perceived race effort, you're, you're all out for one hour, all right? Your FTP, whatever you want to call it, on the mountain bike and on the road bike. Are they similar normalized power numbers or no? Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm getting at. I mean, because it's what you can do for an hour. You're just going to see so all the Plus, I'm bike. wondering if all the downtime of not pedaling. You make up for it by all the times you're pedaling your eyes out. I understand that, but I, I didn't know if it, is it like 5% lower, like 25% lower, or like what is it? I don't think it's really like quantifiable. I mean, all power meters are only true to 2 or 3%, so when you're looking at that. I, I understand, but I mean, is it, if you can say your FTP power on the road is 250 watts. Okay. So for one hour, you can do 250, right? Right. What would it be, do you think, on the mountain bike for you that you've seen like, if you had to put a number out there on a closed course, cross country race conditions, yeah. I don't, I don't really know. I know it's that it's probably
1: I, gonna end up being the same as far like if you look at normalized power, like say for an hour of riding a moderate cross-country type thing. Like her Parsons... Well, late. Matt Robinson is still waiting. Matt,
0: well, you have I know, board? but that's why I'm wondering if the stages, because of the cadence issues and how often your cadence changes on the mountain bike... No, well, no, 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 no. ...and it, all the coasting you do... No, it's, it's not really,
2: inconsistency in
0: cadence at nor, under normal pedaling. What it is is... That's, that's, I was getting to that when Matt was calling in. What it is is when you're holding your butt off the saddle... I know. ...and you're descending, whether it be washboard, gravel... Or real single track, or whatever, like washboard gravel road or single track, you'll get these weird spikes where it says you're doing 2,000 watts at 200 rpm because it's taking the flex, the strain of the crank, and that jostling and turning it uh, that, that is calling cadence and turning it into power. That's what I'm getting at. You don't. See, are there too many erroneous no, readings? no. But, oh, but I got in like a 35 mile ride in Colorado. I got one of those. Is is it enough, do you think, to, if you just looked at normalized power, forget the little light. No, no, it doesn't. That's what I'm saying. In Memphis, I've never had a spike because it's not hilly enough. Okay. I don't think it's for super deep rows. They want to see their normalized power over a five-minute super D section because it's going to be all screwed up. Because all I care about, if I got it for the mountain bike, the only thing I care about is if I go as hard as I can for an hour in a cross-country effort, can I compare that one hour cross-country effort to the one I do a week later? Yes. Or am I going to have too many errors? That no, there's not, out? that's what I'm saying. There's not too many errors. I got like maybe, I bet if I went back and looked through all my Breckenridge files, there'd be like three. Because on the mountain bike, I don't care what my peak power is. Because you're going to have some wacky pedal stroke one time that does something wacky and it says 2,000 watts or whatever. Well, that's the thing. It's not a wacky pedal stroke. What you're seeing is you can go and look in the file and see it actually ramp up and then fall off. It goes from like... Zero watts, zero watts, zero watts. Two thousand. Yeah. Twelve sixteen zero 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 zero, and it's like obviously I wasn't pedaling right then. Like for me, and I, maybe I'm looking at it wrong, but like I don't really care about my five-second power, for example, right. like, it, on a mountain it bike. It's totally nuts on when you get to do on the like, road bike. That that makes effort. a lot more sense. And you're really looking at the big picture. Even if you have three or four instances. In a two-hour ride that are like high peaks, it's no big deal.
1: And if you're using some sort of a software like WKO Plus, you can edit those out. Um, Matt Robbins. Um, yeah, Matt,
0: you use Power all the time, so you wanna you wanna weigh in. Um,
2: I've never had really big spikes like that that were not meant, <laughs> meant to be on my spike. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You have a cork, and a cork can't spike in yeah. that fashion. Right. Well, I guess my question, I guess I'm looking at the Stages power meter um, here online. Are they measuring power with strain gauges like inside um, the bolt that would screw onto the the, uh, the axle? Or is it just measured with the accelerometer, like you were saying, the cadences? No, No,
0: so the, the cadence is accelerometer. The strain gauge, my understanding is that it is glued, epoxied, onto the outside of the aluminum of the crank arm. So... That little pod you see on the back of the crank arm, yeah, is the only modification to the entire crank arm. My understanding is they do not drill or cut or do anything internally to the crank arm, correct everything is it's i think it's like How a really that a strange thin, well the way that, it it's, knows r- that it's a really oh. thin film my- my understanding is it's a very thin film, like a little. Imagine a little wire that's, like, super, super thin. Hey, have you
1: ever done um, an MMG, like, in your physical therapy stuff?
2: like an EMG?
1: No, MMG, muscle mechanomyography, like, where you're measuring the actual, like, the vibration of the muscle. No. Okay, well, never mind then. (laughs) Bad example. That's pretty much how it works. It's a very, very small, thin um, piece of material that measures... A very small but measurable uh, amount of strain. Yeah, so I think what they're
0: basically doing is they...
1: It's like the flex of the aluminum crank arm. Yeah,
0: because it's the flex of the arm, and it's a known flex, and they calibrate every single unit because everyone is a little bit different, and they, they, uh, they calibrate it based on some known.
1: Like they know okay. that a Shimano
0: XT crank is going to flex. Well, I think they calibrate each individual one because they're.
1: Well, yeah, but they're. They basically
0: exactly I, they place. they apply a certain a same amount of force to each arm. And so it has much nothing
2: to do with it. how it attaches to the other side of the crank through the bottom right? No, all. no, it doesn't. No,
0: not at all. Because then there'd be too many, too many things would be screwed up, like
1: how hard you torqued it and. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's the cool part how much about grease them.
0: You use, yeah, is that it doesn't matter if you what grease you use or how much you torque it down or anything like that or how tight you put your pedals on or what chain rings you use. Well, that's what's so nice is you don't have to worry about changing chain rings.
1: And the newer corks, you don't have to. The old, the mine original. Yeah, like the original so, cork, um, you have to get it. Um, I'm just
2: wondering, I can't fit one for mine, I don't think, because I have that xobb 30 and pretty sure, you know, it's like the newer BB30s for the road, the spindle, is attached to that non-drive side.
0: Yeah, so you have a couple of options. You can, unfortunately, you don't have a GXP. If you have a GXP carbon SRAM crank, like an XO or an XX1, you can get X9 aluminum non-drive side. It's going to look funky, but it's going to work perfectly fine, and you're going to gain like 10 grams. Uh, And you can do that route because their little strain gauges don't work properly on carbon for whatever reason, so they just don't do it. Um, it's
1: too variable. I,
0: I guess so, but uh, the aluminum—you can just put an aluminum arm on your carbon crank, and I've done that for a couple guys' road setups, like uh, with a SRAM Red setup. I've just used the rival non-drive side crank arm, and it works perfect.
2: Yeah. What you doing, uh, but you I even mean, have you one on here for the DB30, but it's just the single yeah. non-drive side arm. It doesn't have spindle included
0: on it. Yeah, that's the issue. I'm not certain that Stages makes any mountain 30 mil spindle aluminum cranks at the moment. I don't know why, but I don't think they do. But the nice thing is, with Matt Robbins having the Niner Air 9 Carbon that has the CYA, rather than dealing with what I'm dealing with is all these nightmare adapters. You could get, which I know it sounds expensive on the front end, but you could buy a new CYA for regular threaded bottom brackets and a regular bottom bracket, and you're gonna have a much simpler life. Yeah, you'd have to get an entirely aluminum crank at that point. Like you'd have to get an entire X9 um, or X7 or you can AK. Buy their entire entire
2: crank point. from them.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, you can buy an entire setup from
1: them. So, so what is if if you don't mind us us asking if you I don't know if it's like secret information. Like your your like say five second max power, what would that be?
2: Um, I've never used power on the mountain bike.
0: But five second max. Like on the road. Hold on, hold on. I think I know some of these answers. I think Matt can do like on your track bike or your hold road on. bike. Hold on. I think Matt can easily I think you're you've hit fifteen or eighteen hundred, no problem, right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. All that ass.
0: And you can do, if I remember correctly, when you're doing those, like, you can do, like, 165 cadence, but you do it at, like, four or 800 watts or something, right?
2: Um, Here at the end of the season, I was doing, like, 8 to 10 downhill sprint intervals of 30 to 35 seconds each, and all of those averaged 140 RPMs and over 800 watts. Yeah, I uh, If anyone who other than Matt Robbins who's listening right now uh, wants to
1: see who we're talking about, I just like on the the face of the Mountain Bike Radio Facebook page on the post for this show that is on there by Mountain Bike Radio, I put a, a track picture of, of Mr. Matt Robbins and all that ass um, on there. So you can see what we're talking about.
2: I'm I really wish not. I did have a power meter for my track bike. I would love to see those numbers.
1: You need that. So
0: here's a, I got a real big question for you, Matt, and this is probably <laughs> going to blow your mind a little bit. Yeah. Have you considered looking to see, does Shimano make a two-piece track crank? Um,
2: I haven't what, looked What crank the...
0: do you have on there right now, Matt?
2: The SRAM Omnium.
0: What you need to do is this. Wait, the SRAM, is it square taper? No, it's a it's a 24 millimeter. Yeah, all you
2: got to do is buy a stages aluminum other side. Stages doesn't work. It doesn't have a high enough reading.
0: It goes up to 200
2: now. It goes up to 2,000, but that's not high enough. Oh, Oh, man! (laughs)
0: Damn. So, but would you not want it for any of the other events, or do you just want? This is what I was going to say. It's like a big single turbo Supra and it reads 1,000 horsepower because your dyno's is not baller enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what I was going to propose, and I know that someone somewhere would probably have like a conniption fit about this. But what you should try to do is look at something like an XT crank and see if that crank fits on crank. a dura no, see if it fits, oh. see if the left side only arm fits like a Dura-Ace track crank. And if it does, you could like ghetto fab it and run an XT crank on both your Air 9 Carbon and your blue track bike. Well, it doesn't work. The whole idea that Matt was saying is that the stages won't work no matter what because it doesn't have a high enough reading. Yeah,
1: when, well, but he'll see track. it
0: cap out at 2k. I mean, seeing all those other numbers is going to be better hey, than seeing no numbers. If
1: you could put out more than 2,000 watts, would you use a power meter? That I would didn't want to show know.
0: You? How, what I would want to know is how often I told my power meter it was my bitch. <laughs> see, if I pegged one at 2,000, I'd just tell people I was doing 3,000 because, like, well, it <laughs> might as well be right. Um,
2: I on the stages they have a Shimano Durace track left side crank arm. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought so. But it doesn't yeah, go... So ahead. they have one on there.
1: That's um, not it, though. But if we're saying to... that it has,
2: like, variants and all that, I, wouldn't, I wasn't sure about how, I guess, accurate. I mean, if you're saying it's only when you're bouncing around and stuff, then it probably would be pretty good, but...
1: Yeah, it sounds like... I, I think the stages would work really well for your, you know, for your track bike. For sure. You
0: need to call up stages and you need to say, Hey, I'm Matt Robbins. I make more than 2,000 watts. You need to make this work, and see what they
2: say. I see. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll give them a call tomorrow morning.
0: Yeah, man. <laughs> Dude, they'll fix it right up. You just got to say you're Matt Robbins, mm-hmm. and, and it's going to be taken care of. <laughs> oh man. They were like, "Oh, oh, we didn't realize. Like, we'll fix it right now." Exactly. Done.
1: All right. Uh, any? Do you have any any other uh, stages, questions, or comments?
2: Um, no, I don't guess for those stages.
1: Okay. Well, do you wanna do you wanna say anything prank call like to Matt just to to troll him a little bit?
2: No. I got we could oh, oh. do uh what's this noise um question though.
0: Uh Okay.
2: Um Hold on. I've First ridden one? my mountain bike I think twice now since States back in June. Um, the second time was today. I took a guy out here in Chattanooga. He's from France and visiting – or he's going to school here to try to learn English. Uh, but I want to show him some of the trails or whatever. But there's a click uh, when my drive-side crank arm is at about 11 o'clock. And it's like every rotation. And it's as if, like, you didn't cut – like, if you cut the uh, front derailleur cable too long and the cable sticking out and it's clicking on the crank arm every time you went around like the cable's not sticking out there
0: are you still running uh crank brothers pedals yes you make too much power for crank brothers pedals. boom problem solved Next
1: you need to look problem. up um team Dicky, like look up bad idea racing and look at his um his schematic about how to take care of your crank brothers pedals
0: no but in all seriousness matt do you, if, do you have another set of crank brothers um,
2: I have an old set of candies, I think, somewhere in the closet. Yeah, yeah
0: like, try putting another set Just of pedals Yeah, put another set of pedals on. That's the first easiest Even thing Even putting to
2: do. your
1: road pedals on and, like, doing a short ride in your road shoes on your mountain bike, um, you could try that, too, and see if that fixes it. That'd be the first thing I'd try. Okay. If right, that so is can...
2: the problem, then, and Crank Brothers pedals are not the way to go, what do you suggest? Outside of Kenny's uh Shimano pedals.
1: What do you mean Kenny's Shimano pedals? Because that's what <laughs> I would say too. And
2: I think that's oh, what yeah? Matt yeah,
1: Matt just went to see, but he he'd say Shimano Like Shimano S is good. Get like In the
2: X- extra. When are the speed play scissors gonna come out? That's all I wanna know.
1: I think that died. Like I went I I kind of like Breathed through the speed play booth at Interbike and I did not see any word on any scissor pedals. So
0: the rep came last year to the shop and he actually had some that I put hands on.
2: Really? Yes. Oh so my goodness. They
0: exist in There's some fashion.
2: Tease. They've been in that book for like four years, five years now.
0: Yeah, they were they, they're still working out some kinks apparently. I don't remember if off the top of my head
2: kinks and you're not tied up in
0: my bedroom, I probably don't want to deal with you.
1: Oh, God.
0: Anyway, um, <laughs> I I saw, like, a real pair, and, like, I even, like, clipped them into, like, a little mock shoe, and yeah. they seemed to be real. Uh, but awesome. I think at the time, they said they were still waiting, and he didn't have an ETA for me, so...
1: And then they didn't exist at bike, as far as I could see. That's really but weird. But I didn't, like, go in and ask anyone about it or anything. So I just wasn't that interested in it.
0: That is really, really, really weird. Um, SPDs are really good.
2: Yeah.
0: They, so if I was really going to really get good.
2: SPDs, which level do I at least need to go with and what am I going to end up spending?
0: Um, ex- well, actually, if you want to go really low, the 540s are the start of the really good Shimano stuff. So the 540s got really good bearings and good spindle and good everything. And they're fully rebuildable, and it's all, like, no plastic. The XT... Okay. Wait, what's the... Isn't there one in between there, like, the 7-something? No. Uh, they have a, a 540, which is the old XTR, basically. Is that what I have on my mm, two bikes? Maybe. I don't know. They're, like... Maybe it's the old XT, but it's the old... It's a decent pedal, but it's got a small platform on it, like, where the axle, uh, the sole of your shoe contacts the pedal is really tiny. So what they updated with the uh, 780, which is the XT, and the 980, which is the XTR, it's got a really big machined surface for your shoe to hit on the sides of the pedals. So I'd say the XT, it's now, they've actually gone down in price. They're $120 for the XTs. I don't know why they went down in price, but they did. And the XTRs went down from 270 to 200 I think. Uh, so I would so say XT like XTR. $20? XTs are 120, XTRs are now 200, and that's a price change that happened over the past couple of months, I think.
2: How much are those 540s?
0: The 540s are like 80,
2: maybe, somewhere in that ballpark. Hey, you're gonna me So it's worth the 40 more dollars to get the XTs. Um, I think so.
0: I mean, the XTs yeah. are really are really nice.
2: And y'all all three ride those?
0: Um, yeah, I ride XTR 980s. Yeah, I
1: ride the XTRs also.
0: On everything. I,
1: well, I have a pair of XTs that I won at Wachita earlier this year, and I like them just as much. I can't tell the difference between the XT and the XTR.
0: Like the actual clip-in and clip-out and the feel once you're in them is all identical. It has not quite as nice of an axle and not quite as nice of quality of bearings. And you can tell when you spin them. But the XTs are still very good. The XTs are way better than the, pretty much any pedal out there as far as bearings go, the XTRs are just, like, that much better on top of that. Like, the bearings last forever, and they never die, and they never get crunchy. If you maintain them just a little bit, like, every couple thousand miles, you tear them down, like, hose out the bearings with some clean streak, and then put some new lube in there, put them back together, and they're brand new. It's really crazy. Really? You you use uh, fill tenacious oil in them. I use tenacious oil in them. I don't know if that's recommended or not, but that's what I do. And it's pretty awesome. Part of uh, part of my car cleaning experience yesterday, I put tenacious oil in all the hinges of my door so they squeak a little bit. Yeah. Do not squeak anymore. Uh-huh. Tenacious oil is insane. It is. It is like liquid grease. It's crazy. It, it is. It's, it's like sticky and it's grease and it's oil and it's like everything it, in one. It is like. It's tenacious. It is skirting this line like if it's any thicker, it and would it's be It's been in made grease. in the same factory since 1972.
1: We bought some off Amazon for the house because there wasn't any at any anywhere else. Um, but hey, it's 9:21. We should probably get out. Yeah, of let's here. go to bed.
0: I'm gonna eat cereal uh, in
1: bed. Matt, thank you for calling. We always love that That's you listen great, and, you and talk about all that
2: ass. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when are you coming home next? Um, Thanksgiving, I believe. Awesome.
1: Yeah, we got to ride and, you know, like, drink some beer. And you got to, like, lose some whiskey at the neighbor's house.
2: Absolutely. Wouldn't want to do it the other way.
0: Hopefully it will be snowing and we'll do a group night ride. Oh, Oh, my gosh.
2: So much fun.
1: (laughs) All right, man. We'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you all. Later. Bye. Bye.
0: All right. Well, this has been another great episode of Just Riding Along, brought to you by slamming your head into the dropout of a bike hanging above you while bunny hopping a single-speed cross bike uh, in the garage. If
1: you guys want to see the most bastardized early cross check ever, go to Rick Racing and check it out. If you want
0: pizza-flavored goldfish, you should go to your local food chain now and buy them, because apparently they're back on the market. If you want to get hammered during listening to this episode, mix whiskey or I'm sorry Sprite and wine and drink it like it's water. That's what happened to me. I'm drunk now. Surly is like a crack hoe that you give like a thousand dollars suit to.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is such a great way to. You know, I tweeted a picture of that to Surly today and they never replied back. Well, you know what? They are probably (laughs) busy.
0: Taking something somewhere in one of their trailers and forgot to retweet that. Yeah, they're definitely... busy redesigning all of their CAD drawings to accommodate a press fit 30 bottom bracket.
2: <laughs> and I
0: hope they're also busy taking one of those press fit 30 bottom brackets and putting their penis inside of it and then smashing it in a vise. Oh. That's, that's what I think should happen. That
1: sounds painful.
0: It is awful. Who's
1: penis fits into a PressFit 30 bottom bracket. I don't know.
0: Those who have a French loaf, not a soup can.
2: <laughs> 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 and this
0: is probably the last episode of Just Riding Along. Ben's going to give us that call. I'm waiting on that email when he's like, all right, Matt. It's too far. You, you went too far. We can't do this anymore.
1: We probably so, have to talk bad about his children or something. Yeah, it's yeah cool. Ben's a daddy now. He's a double daddy. He's a double mm-hmm. daddy. I know he's been a daddy, but now he's, uh, he's got those, a girl now, so he's on. a dad. He's hold, really. Hold daddy. on,
0: for those of you that aren't, he's
1: like a shotgun toting daddy. For those
0: of you that aren't in the South, double daddy means two kids. For those of you in the South, double daddy means he has two kids, not two babies' mamas. Okay, so. Yeah,
1: that'd be like my baby's mama's mamas.
0: No, I'm just never mind. But it wasn't that funny. I meant to say, what I meant was in Memphis if you're a double daddy people would think that you had two baby mamas
1: well yeah or you had two kids from two different dads
0: Ben can't have two different dads like (laughs) one dude he's a dude Ben doesn't have kids his wife has the kids he does the very small part I'm assuming Um, that both of these children have the same parents they do and you know what the joke is over everyone have a good night
1: All alright This has been another episode of Just Riding Along brought to you by Progold, slamming your head into some open dropout, and Progold again.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Mountain Bike Radio. Be sure to head over to mountainbikeradio.com to find a full listing of all the shows, recent episodes, archives, and you can buy some swag. T-shirts, socks, stickers, and you can become a member in which you get deals on coaching, nutrition, products, and a whole bunch of other things. So be sure to head over to mountainbikeradio.com and you'll find all the info you need. Thank you.